Good morning, everyone. Talk Radio 930 WTAD, the Mary Griffith Show, is underway. Brought to you by Harvest Ridge Coffee. Always hand-roasted in small batches, delivered right to your door of your office building. We drink it here at the Radio Ranch every day. You can also get your beans at your local grocery store or just out and about. Stop by your local convenience store. Ask them if they have Harvest Ridge, and if they don't, say, why not? Mary Griffith wants everyone to have Harvest Ridge. Okay. Here we go. She's got her heart shirt on today for Valentine's Day. Laura mm-hmm, Siebert mm-hmm. from Arts Cuisine. We're going to talk today about something that is near and dear to your heart. We're going to get to arts events. But the Caitlin Clark effect results in Pan's Fane unprecedented ticket prices nationwide in order to see the Iowa Phenom play. The secondary ticket market is going bonkers every time the Iowa women's basketball team goes on the road. Tickets selling for 20 times the face value. For example, uh, the game against Nebraska on February 11th, the uh, normal ticket price is about um, $10, and people were spending $104.77 for a uh, ticket to go see Caitlin Clark play with the uh, University of Iowa. Now, they are beatable. I watched him get beat the other day. I saw it. But we've <clears throat> talked about this. Danielle Harrison Henning uh, was a standout in her high or her high school and college basketball careers. This is mm. just a fantastic thing that's happening to Iowa basketball, to women's basketball, and for women everywhere. And you're right on the Caitlin Clark bandwagon because you've been yeah. kind of involved all along before before her. Star ascended. You were there. <laughs> That's right. So I was in the Iowa uh, marching band back in uh, college, in the pep band in college. So I was there um, in Bluter's second year. So my first year of college was Bluter, uh, Coach Bluter's second year. Um, and uh, in the pep band, I always chose to go to the women's games because Coach Bluter made it a point to like talk to the band and uh, came to our, our picnic every year and made a big deal out of us being there because we used to only have Three or four thousand people at a at a women's basketball game, so they were it was a really big deal to have the pet band there. I actually went to the very first NCAA tournament that um, Bluter made, which was my uh, I want to say it was my sophomore year at college. We went out to Utah and uh, had a great time. But anyway, Coach Bluter and I became friends um, because I was the 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 founder of the the um, public relations crew for the for the bands. Um, and we still talk here and there. So I was just showing Mary before we got on um, that um, I was sitting on, in the end zone at the at homecoming this year talking to Coach Bluter because we, we know each other, and uh, Caitlin Clark came up behind us, and I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, she she probably saw my face and was like, it's okay. I need you to relax. <laughs> um, but I did snap a selfie, and that was really cool. And I told her how much the band loves her. And she goes, man, we love the band. And I'm like, sweet, Caitlin Clark loves the band. You heard it here first, folks. Um, but um, just, you know, it's really fun to see her. Um, first of all, seeing her play is wild. I played two games. When the um, marching band goes to the bowl game, um, the alumni cover the basketball game. So I got to play two games um, on my instrument for Caitlin Clark, including that buzzer beater over Michigan State, which was wild. And I had my kid there courtside. Uh, I should tell him that was about a thousand dollar ticket to sit courtside with me in the band uh-huh. <laughs> and see the buzzer beater. Um, but it's really fun that she's selling out stadiums everywhere because I've always thought women's ball has been an amazing thing to watch. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, when teams are only getting, um, 
three and four thousand in these huge stadiums. That's a shame. All the women are there's so many women that good. Um, but that goes right down to like Quincy High, right? Quincy High's women's team right now plays in the other gym. I mean, I'd love to see them at Blue Devil Gym someday, but we got to pack it and make the crowds support that. Right. And, um, you know, I, I think um, you will be just pleasantly surprised at how great the women's game is. Um, and Caitlin Clark is changing it for everybody. Uh, I got to shout out hy V who got the Caitlin Clark cereal here in Quincy finally. <laughs> I may have asked. Six what do you mean times. the Caitlin Clark cereal? Oh, did you hear about her cereal? Oh, no. no. Bing, bing, grab uh, so Caitlin Clark, uh, you know, you got to get on a box of Wheaties, right? Oh, she's on uh, a Wheaties box. So it's not, it's not actually not Wheaties yet. Uh, I think the Wheaties is next, though. But they made a special cereal just for her. It's like From Hy-Vee? From Hy-Vee. Well, that makes sense because they, they got the big brand. Yes. So they made Caitlin's Crunch Time, it's called. Um, and uh, But it's $5, and the entire profit goes to Caitlin's foundation. So they made it. She's already got a foundation. Um, and they're doing big work in, um, she's doing sports and health and wellness uh, work in this foundation. Um, but they, they did one limited run in just Iowa. And then all of the other Hy-Vee stores were like, hey, hey, we'd sell them too. And then, you know, Quincy Hy-Vee sold out in one day. So I might have bought 15. I don't know. No, I bought three. Uh, That's so, fantastic. Anyway, it's really fun. Support women's ball, but you know it's really an ecosystem. Getting it back to the arts, it's an ecosystem to be in college basketball and um, high school basketball with the band and with the the music. I mean, there's no substitute for a live pet band, um, and, and that's the difference with a college and, and pro. And I, I really love being a part of pet bands. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Okay, there you go. She's excited, and it's fun because uh, so is Danielle Harrison Henning excited about yep. what Caitlin is doing. And she can I be think, a hawk with me. You know, I mean, it, what's really incredible about this is as we think about this this could be the cusp of what changes the WNBA and makes them pay a little bit more too we're always looking for that next thing that will vault everyone up above a you know a pay scale but of course you've got to fill the arena you know right. you can't say well men should make as much as women just because no yeah. i mean you've got to fill the arena so well and i got to say like it's really fun to see my kids want a piece of Caitlin Clark gear like to wear a female basketball star's gear like i'm like yes that's that's what we always wanted right, right? that's some that's some and it's it's great that, to watch that is really cool um you know if only she could you know, date somebody of Taylor Swift's caliber or some guy, you know, then we'd have it all going on. Let's talk about arts events coming up because we've got two coming up back to back. Thursday, there's the History Happy Hour at the Lincoln Douglas Debate Museum. And I've got it up there on the screen for you if you want to look oh, at yeah. it in the big print. Uh, we talked about this in the news the other day, but tell us about this because the Lincoln Douglas Debate Museum has been totally revamped. Yep. And uh, if you haven't been in, um, it's a great time to go see it. And this is kind of like not a boring lecture. This is people standing around having fun, listening, though, to a very educated man talk about a one specific day event in 1853 in actually tri-state history, Canton history. So tell us a little bit about History Happy Hour. I love it. Yeah, and if you haven't picked up the latest issue of Arts Quincy Magazine, um, we did a whole two-page feature on the new, in the new um, uh, Lincoln Douglas uh, Center, so you know check that out for a good preview and a little behind-the-scenes information. Um, but these history happy hours are really, really popular because they're they're a low-key way to learn to get a history lecture, right? So you've got a professional lecturer, Dr. Scott Giltner, um, who's a professor there at Culver Stockton in an endowed chair recently, so that's really cool. Um, really, really knowledgeable. But this isn't going to feel like sitting in a lecture hall. This is going to feel like a lot of fun with with friends who are interested in, in the area's history. Um, his 
presentation is called Slavery and Freedom in the Tri-States, a case study of the September 1853 Christians University Cornerstone Dedication. Um, So basically, he's going to go in-depth on this one particular uh, pivot point in history uh, about um, history, excuse me, about slavery and the the move for abolition of slavery. Um, And I think uh, it it gives a local flavor to a story that we all um, need to know a little more about. Right. It gives you that local perspective. And I think it would be similar if we had, let's say we had something here in Quincy, for example, or in Canton today or in Hannibal today. And all facets of the community were coming together. So you had your Trump supporters on one side and your Biden supporters on the other side. But they're all there to support the opening of, you know, Christian University, which later became Culver Stockton. So it's so interesting. All these people with very disparate political points of view we're forced together in the social setting. So it's kind of an intriguing thing if you think about it in today's world. What would it be like if we had a big civic event, you know, and everybody who was very openly one way or another had to come and rub elbows with each other. So that's going to be uh, doors open at 5, talk begins at 5.30 at 128 North 5th Street, right on the Quincy Square, across from the Lincoln-Douglas uh, debate statue. So go to History Happy Hour and uh, look around and see all the great things that are happening uh, at the Lincoln-Douglas Debate Museum. Now, the next thing that we're going to talk about is the Historical Society of Quincy and Adams County and what fun this is going to be. Back in the Prohibition days, they had um, roadhouses and speakeasies that were called blind tigers or blind pigs. And so the rendezvous at the blind tiger party is also an exhibit opening for the Roaring Twenties exhibit at the Historical Society of Quincy and Adams County. It's going to be right here on the 4th and Main History Museum on the Square from 5 to 7 Friday night. I guess flapper costumes would be acceptable or any speakeasy attire, but you can just come and have fun. And tell us all about that, please. Yeah, you know, I uh, I got to be honest. They showed me the the flyer for this, and I was like, "Where's the Blind Tiger? Is this a new club in Quincy?" <laughs> so don't be confused. I was confused. It it's, was my fault. It's the name, yeah, for all speakeasies were called Blind Tigers or Blind Pigs. Well, we already right. have a Blind Pig, so they couldn't right. use that name, right? So do not go into any bar. Go I was to Fourth and Main. Go yeah. to Fourth and Main. Fourth and Main is a historical society, so it's good. Okay, so now that we have that sorted out, um, yeah, we're you know they they're saying we're gonna have twenties music, we're gonna have some um, cool soft drinks and cocktails. A gin ricky is their their big uh, cocktail for this. Um, but they're also they also have a great exhibit: um, clothing, hats, advertising memorabilia. They've got newspaper articles and prohibition items. Um, they've got items from J.J. Flynn Bottling, Rough Brewery. Um, I think they've got some Dickens Brothers stuff and more. So, um, you know, it's a great story even around locally. If you know anything about Dick's Brothers, I used to give tunnel tours or still do sometimes. Uh, they're Dick Brothers. And um, during Prohibition, they shifted operations and made non-alcoholic items. Um, but, uh, of course, that was still going on on the on DL uh, in different places. So, um, the exhibit is going to be on display for several months, but this is a terrific time to check it out. Um, you can also read about it in the new Governor's Post, uh, which is edited by our very own Jenna Seaborn at Arts Quincy. So uh, doing a great job with that uh, that other magazine. Okay. The rendezvous was out at 36th and State. It was out at Roadhouse, and that's where all the prohibition breakers would go and get their gin rickies and everything else. So uh, music will be playing. It'll be a lot of fun. It is uh, free of charge, but of course, if you want to make a donation, they would love for you to do that for the Historical Society of Quincy and Adams County, Friday night from 5 to 7. 
the Underground Railroad Museum Open House, which is at the Richard Eels home at 415 Jersey. Uh, this is going to happen Sunday, February 18th from 1 to 4. The friends of the Dr. Richard Eels house have announced its annual Black History Month celebration. And this, if you again have not been to the Eels home, it is now the Underground Railroad Museum for Quincy. And they have, again, stepped this up quite a bit. Yeah, it was actually just featured on uh, uh, one of the Chicago news stations came down and did a really neat piece on it um, uh, using some of the video that we have uh, from their new video at the house. But if you haven't been, there are a lot of updates, and it's one of my favorite um traditions to go to this particular uh open house uh it's black history month it's a really important time um to to think about quincy's legacy in the movement for abolition uh, as we kind of already talked about um but there's also a group going to be there to on this occasion from new philadelphia which is the historic site near barry i definitely recommend to visit it's pretty amazing um but they're doing a program about new philadelphia which was of course um, the first uh, American town founded by a, a freed uh, enslaved person, formerly enslaved person, and that was Free Frank McWhorter. Um, it is uh, a really uh, awesome spot, and it's been designated uh, as a part of the National Park Service, and they're trying to get it full National Park status eventually. Um, Met Morris is also going to be down from Chicago performing awesome songs. Gosh, she can sing. God, Met Met's so, so great good. to have her back from Chicago. We I miss know. her I miss so Met. much. But she's going to be performing, so that's going to be fantastic. And this is from 1 to 4 Sunday afternoon at the Richard Eels House, 415 Jersey Street. They're going to have a movie about abolitionism. They're going to have the National Park Service information there about um, new philadelphia so and i want it's gonna be a great thing a uh, little extra information um we have just taken over arts quincy has just taken over being an, a bit of an answering service for the for the eels house so if you call the eels house you're actually going to get arts quincy but we're going to help them do a lot more scheduling of tour groups and things like that um because they obviously are all volunteer and don't have staff so if you need to schedule that give us a buzz at arts quincy and we'll hook you up Okay, real quick, Valentine's Blood Drive, not today, that's at the Quincy Mall, but next Tuesday, yep. if you want to be part of the Bleeding Arts, you can do it. That's right, uh, 11 to 4, uh, we're looking to really blow it out of the water this time. They're giving away $20 gift certificates for, for donating, which is awesome, but what, what Arts Quincy does is pulls out all the stops with a lot of Arts Quincy swag um, and Yum Factory Treats. I, I don't know what she's making this time. She made cookies last time, but I think she might be going cupcakes this time. Uh, listen, Julie can make some treats. That's, Any, how, that's anything, why my team's so good. Anything from the Yum Factory. I don't care if it's whatever it oh, is. She'll, she bring it. We love it. And oh, that man. is going to be from 11 to 4 on Tuesday, February 20th at the Oakley Lindsay Civic Center. They are in critical need for blood. So if you can give that day, please do. Laura Sievert, thank you so very it's much. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. We will not see you next week, but right. we will see somebody from Arts Quincy. We're going to head up to the Ursa Farmers Cooperative right now. It is time for that report brought to you each and every morning by Rex Battery. We are back. Talk Radio 930 WTAD 936. Temperatures up to 41 degrees. A gorgeous day. And Kent Snyder, the chairman of the Adams County Board, has joined me via the phone lines. Good morning, Mr. Snyder. How are you? Good. Good morning, Mary. How are you? I'm great. Happy Valentine's Day, by the way. You too. You didn't you didn't bring me a box of candy or anything. <laughs> no, I I didn't even get my own husband something. Why would I get you anything? Come on. <laughs> Although he did he did take good care of me, so I'll, I'll have to reciprocate somehow. 
The chairman of the go. Adams County Board, you guys, last night took an important step to solve some of the housing problems we're having in Adams County. Talk a little bit about this $1 million investment. How does this work? Well, it'll be an incentive. Uh, uh, a lot of it is going to be a start out as a loan, and then in five years it would turn into a uh, a grant, so you wouldn't have to pay it all back. Um, but it'll it'll be for building new homes, renovating apartments, uh, building you know uh, duplexes, uh, whatever we can do to to uh, help the housing shortage. And there truly is a housing shortage. This is for sure. Every time, I mean, <laughs> we talk about it at least once a week. It doesn't matter who my guest is. Whatever they're doing is involved with either they can't get workers because there's no place for the workers to live or they're trying to help veterans, but they don't have apartments. I mean, it's really become a, a critical issue. You know, a million dollars is a lot of money, but yet, in a sense, it's a drop in the bucket. So, you know, how how are we going to pro? How do you prioritize what happens? Well, so there will be a, an application process. And it'll be, it will be vetted through uh, Gretif, and there will be, uh, I think, five members on the committee, and they're all Gretif board members. There will not, not be any county board members, although we will approve the members that they pick. And then they, uh, all the applications go to them. They rank them in the order of, uh, of urgency, and once they approve them, they send them to the county board, and then the county approves them before checks written. Okay. So it's uh, but it takes the county board completely out of it, other than uh, appointing their board and and uh, approving the the uh, funding. Well, Gretif has been very active in trying to get housing, so the people that are choosing this will be uh, doing the best they can to make it the best for all of Quincy and Adams County. So that that's that's a great thing. Uh, let's talk a little bit about some other things that are happening. I'm concerned as many people are, about what's happening in the public defender's office. Uh, as chairman of the county board, I mean, this is not something you, you know, dip your finger into every day. You're certainly not involved in day-to-day operations. But the problem is worsening, I guess, because as the staff members are overworked, they tend to not want to work there anymore, so they quit, and then there's even more job openings. So can you talk to us about what is happening this week as our chief public defender steps down? Um, what is the future there of the public defender's office, and what is the county board doing to try to stabilize uh, that office in our community? Well, I just happened to know a little bit about that, Mary. <laughs> well, good for you. I'm glad because <laughs> I want to know all about it. There you go. Um, so there will be an interim director. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, conversation. A lot of people have already uh, checked on that or applied for that job. Uh, that will be handled through Judge Larson and, Jar- and Judge McCartney in Pike County. Uh, who actually gets that job? We don't have any say in it. Uh, but I know they've got uh, some very, very fine candidates and not just local from all over. So there will there's a definitely interest in that job because it pays very well. It's public information. The job pays one hundred seventy seven thousand dollars a year. Well, yeah, that's great. Uh, but it, they pay. Yeah. But they pay still make less than the prosecuting attorney. So, yeah, it pays well for that office, but it doesn't pay well compared to who you're fighting against in court every day. 
No, no. So uh, the other thing that we've we've done, and we did it at the meeting last night, we transferred more money into the public defender's office so he can give all of his present employees a raise, a nice raise, and to raise the starting salary for new attorneys to help that make more make that more attractive, so he can uh, get some talent in to replace the three attorneys that he is short. So right now we continue to be three attorneys short. We are in the process of appointing a new uh, lead public defender, and the judges will do that. That doesn't have anything to do with the county board. And, you know, that's good because, I mean, you know, the average person on the county board may or may not have any qualifications to decide that, where the judges have to work with these people all the time. Um, the other thing is, you know, the um, there is a paucity of lawyers who want to practice in rural America. Now, Quincy is you know, a city, but we're still smack dab in the middle of farm country. And they have declared West Central Illinois uh, an attorney desert. There are not enough attorneys to represent all the people in civil cases or criminal cases here. So it is a bit of an uphill burden to try to find people to come and work in in the public defender's office in Adams County. It is, but you, I mean, we really have to recruit harder, I think. Uh, I know in, in Gary's office and state's attorney, he, he's had some turnover in attorneys also, but I know that Gary is in touch with all the, uh, the law schools and he gets a roster of who's re, who's getting uh, ready to finish the school and he can contact them, send out letters, try to recruit them to come to Quincy. So it's a, it's kind of a recruiting thing that it's up to the office holder to do. So I focus on that. We need a good public defender and a good leader, but we also, they're going to have to have some recruiting skills, I believe. Okay. So it is a, a dog-eat-dog out there to get housing and to get attorneys. And you're involved in both of those fights, I guess, whether you want to be or not, Lucky. right? <laughs> Lucky me for, for what, nine more months. <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit about trying to get some more money into our jail. Now, when we went with this, uh, you know, no bond, no cash bond, uh, the jail emptied out a little bit. Of course, we will know these people, some of them are scofflaws and they'll break their uh, they'll break their uh, freedom and they'll be back in behind bars, maybe pre-trial, uh, you know, because they are only given a freedom if they behave themselves until trial. But meanwhile, you do have some empty beds up there and you're anticipating that that situation is going to persist for a while. So you've gone out and tried to get some federal prisoners to pay rent, the federal government to pay rent to Adams County to put federal prisoners up there. Now, these are all pretrial prisoners, right? These are not people serving a sentence. No, they are all awaiting trial. So they're presumed innocent until proven guilty. So they can be in the security level that the Adams County Jail can provide. How... How lucrative is this going to be, or is this kind of a break-even situation since you've lost revenue by not having as many people in the jail? Uh, no, this is a moneymaker. Uh, so what happens with the jail? We have 192 beds, so we have to buy law staff for 192 beds. So if we only have 90 prisoners, uh, you know, the, the, we don't we don't have the workload. So... What happens, we get federal prisoners in, we get $80 per day per prisoner, plus we get uh, medical, any medical that they would use we can charge for. We get travel, 
to pick prisoners up, to take them to court, whatever. Uh, we get, there's other things we can day. So literally, uh, I think I ran the numbers if we do 24 federal prisoners every day for 365 days. 24 prisoners, I think we can net uh, just over a million, or a gross just over a million dollars, nets about $650,000. So it's quite lucrative. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's, you know, uh, well, like you said, it's it's space sitting there empty, but you have to staff for it to be used. So why not try to go out and do this? Now, the other thing is how, I mean, Obviously, you can put out a for rent sign. How, how desperate is the federal government for, you know, rental space that they're going to fill all those slots? Oh, they're they are really, uh, really excited to get in. We had we had the, the federal marshals come up from St. Louis and it just so happened that they they had worked with Tony Grodens. Uh, throughout their career. So they were all friends and they toured our facility. They're very excited to have people in our facility. We we just in the last 30 days got their letter of approval that says we are going to start sending you prisoners very soon. They were uh, intrigued by both male and apparently have more trouble outsourcing female prisoners and male prisoners. So we will get both. Uh, they're talking flying them into Baldwin Field. We pick them up out there and transport them to our jail. So we won't have to go a long distance to get them. And then when they're ready to go to trial, we fly them to the airport. When they're ready, when they're sentenced and they're ready to go to prison, we take them to to the airport and they fly them to uh, to prison. Okay, like probably Marion or someplace like that. So is this going to yeah, be on like probably. a commercial flight? I'm loving it. Like no, a, okay. I, I don't know. I, I don't, don't know. know. You're not sure because I mean, that's I don't. above my pay grade. <laughs> it could very well be, uh, you know, a commercial yeah. flight. That's okay. They're guarded and everything. Mm-hmm. I always love it when I go to the clinic, and uh, you know, some people are just freaked out because there's people there from Mount Sterling Prison, you know, receiving uh, medical care, and they usually bring them down in one big van and kind of get all that done in one big day. And for the most part, you know, they're pretty happy just to be anywhere but Mount Sterling Prison. So sitting in the waiting room is kind of a a treat for them, I think. So they they kind of on their best behavior, to say the least. They are, you know, and I've I've toured the day, the jail many times before it was full, and 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 while it was being uh, occupied, and they're just normal people that did you know did uh, where you know bad things or dumb normal people in an orange jumpsuit. I mean, <laughs> well, I don't yeah. I don't get nervous walking among them or you know they're. Uh, so yeah, but it is kind of freaky when people, you know, when they're sitting next to you in the doctor's office. (laughs) Well, you know, and again, there's the difference, uh, you know, everybody is, has done wrong is worthy of punishment, but you know, uh, writing a bad check is different than, you know, being a mass murderer. So, you know, the level level of concern you should have, (laughs) people always used to say a woman, you know, this was one of the, the ironies about, you know, a lot of women sit in prison because they killed their abusive husband. And the, the you mm. know, the ad was they're the safest people in town. They don't want to kill anybody but their abusive husband. You know, they're perfectly safe <laughs> out in the public area, you know, but they did do something wrong, so they have to be punished. But they only have anxiety and hatred towards one person. Once that person was taken <laughs> care of, they're just fine and get, along, all good. get along just great. Yeah, right. <laughs> so anything else I'm not smart enough to ask about because, 
you know, I don't know all the nuances and issuances that go on in, in the county. And so this is a chance for you to educate our listeners. What kind of things uh, are you guys working on that, you know, maybe the average person doesn't know or doesn't appreciate? Well, the, uh, well, I mean, we worked on that. Uh, Brett and myself, uh, but mainly Brett and Kyle Moore worked on that for uh, nearly a year. And I mean, it took a lot of time to get it to this point and to get it passed. Uh, but you know, we are also doing the, the restrooms, you know, for the, the small towns, uh, surrounding Quincy, uh, with that ARPA money, uh, uh, the fairgrounds is putting in their new restrooms, which we ha- we finance through the ARPA money that should be up and running when the fair starts. Uh, so there's a lot of good things going on right now. Uh, you just don't see it. Uh, last night, uh, it was a 40-minute meeting, so it didn't, you know, there wasn't a lot other than the housing thing. It was just normal routine stuff. Yeah, well, that's okay. Normal routine is nice when you're the chairman of the board, isn't it? It is, but uh, that that uh, prisoner thing that's going to be a, uh, a cash cow for for Adams County. Okay, that's, we're looking forward. Gonna, yeah, that's going to pay a lot of bills. It'll replace squad cars and uniforms, and uh, that's that's something we we only figured four hundred and fifty thousand income in the budget for that, and we we know we'll go far beyond that. So, uh, and it'll be you know closer to a million dollars the next year. Wow. 450 to a million dollars coming in uh, for something we've already built and something that's not being used. I've got to let exactly you go. Right. I know you've got to get back to work. For I one do. Thing. I have cars to sail <laughs> and, uh, you know, and I got to get my wife something for Valentine's day. You mean you haven't taken care of that yet? Oh, I took care of that yesterday. Okay, good for you. So did my husband. See, today's Ash Wednesday, so you can't eat anything. So he had to give me my box of chocolates yesterday. He was smart. You know, well, and I have my grandson's birthday is today, so oh. we get to celebrate. Uh, I think he's going to be 10. Oh, how wonderful. Well, you have a wonderful rest of your day, and we'll talk to you again next month, if not sooner. Very good. Thank you, Mary. Thank it's always you. a pleasure. Ken Snyder, chairman of the Adams County Board. We'll be right back.